listening to Sandoval Bench Podcast. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. Uh, for today's episode, I wanted to get into the NFL Week 2 games. Um, also preview some of the games to look forward to for next week. Uh, talk about the MLB playoff push. Uh, the NL and the AL uh, wildcard races are, are heating up and getting close as uh, the season has about two and a half weeks left. Uh, I want to talk about the Manning... Uh, Peyton and Eli Manning broadcast uh, for Monday Night Football. Uh, there's some Ben Simmons news. And then I uh, want to recap the Emmys. Uh, they announced the winners, I think that was yesterday or, or Sunday. Um, so we'll start in the NFL. Uh, week 2 had some had some interesting games. You know, the best one was probably the Chiefs and the Ravens. Uh, Sunday Night Football, it looked like it looked like the Ravens were going to get blown out completely. You know, they don't have any running backs, basically. They've, 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 I mean, they picked up Le'Veon Bell, who's still in the practice squad. Um, I don't even know the other guys' names. Uh, no one of uh, notable names that I can think of right now. Uh, but pretty much their, their primary running game is uh, Lamar Jackson. You know, they don't have it really in the passing game. You know, he had some turnovers, but... Um, you know they responded well. They bounced back and won that game. It was a just a fantastic game. Uh, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. They're they're still great. You know, um, I think you know ended up being thirty six thirty five Baltimore. Uh, but you know I think the story more is about uh, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson uh, getting that win against the Chiefs. You know the Chiefs are going to lose some games. It happens. Uh, but with with Baltimore, you know they haven't beaten. Uh, the Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs yet in in Lamar Jackson's short career so far, so I think this was a big win for Lamar Jackson specifically. You know, even without any running backs, he rushed himself over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he did have the passing game going, except those uh, two interceptions. He had a pick six, I believe. Um, and then for the Chiefs, are we sure Clyde Edwards-Helaire is the guy? in the backfield, you know, he gave up that costly fumble, you know, to give the ball back to the, uh, to the Ravens towards the end of the game. But, you know, he looked great early on, you know, his rookie season and then has struggled, you know, as of late, you know, he's, I mean, during that game, he had 3.5 yards per carry. Um, you know, he's not as, as good as I thought he would be and not as uh, durable. Um, you know, I think that everyone knows that the Chiefs' running game isn't as strong as it should be. So, you know, they're playing Patrick Mahomes differently. You know, they're, they're still going to, you know, put up numbers, obviously. But I think they need more out of that running game for sure. So uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Um, they could have used Le'Veon Bell a little bit more last year. Um, he's probably done, though. I mean, he's still with uh, Ravens practice squad, I guess. Then Monday night, we had the Packers and... Uh, the Lions, you know, I, I kind of like what I see from Detroit so far. They are competitive. They're playing hard, you can tell, and kind of taking the persona of uh, Dan Campbell, who's a fucking nutcase. But I like him, though. He's 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 kind of crazy. He's not all there. But, um, you know, then Aaron Rodgers had, you know, I'm, I'm getting tired of talking about Aaron Rodgers, so I, I won't do it too much uh, on my podcast. But, um, you know, as soon as they won, you know, you're supposed to destroy uh detroit obviously if you're green bay which they did you know they had a slow start in the first half and then you know picked it up in the second half but right away he responds to his critics yeah you know everyone talk about my work ethic is fucking horseshit or whatever he said and 
um, you know, oh yeah, you know, gives why do we give these people a platform on ESPN, all this stuff? Like, dude, you looked, you had the worst game of your of your career the first week, and you know you're showing up late, uh, you know, to the start of off season. I know it was um, it wasn't mandatory until you showed up. You showed up when it was mandatory, so that's fine. But it's just not a good look when you have you have this interview on Fox News or not Fox News, Fox Sports, and then um, you're out in Hawaii and everyone is just watching, you know, all of it unfold with Miles Teller and uh, Shailene Woodley on on Instagram, and it's just not a bad look to come back to the team and you guys obviously look like you weren't in sync at all and got blown out by the New Orleans Saints who struggled against the Panthers in week two, which we'll get into. Um, so that's why people had had something to say. And I'll, I'll stick with what I said about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Even though you have Aaron Rodgers and you have Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, who had a great game, um, and you know they're going to win 11, 12 games this season just because of Rodgers alone. But if you truly believe that Jordan Love is the guy then just get rid of Aaron Rodgers now, you know, so you don't have this extra drama surrounding the team. Just trade him right now, get it over with, just rip it off like a Band-Aid. You don't owe him anything, and he sure as hell doesn't owe the organization anything as well. So just just have a clean break right now. Like, why did you, I don't even know why they, they brought him back. You know, it seemed like they were done, he was done, and and then, I don't know, they were just trying to save face. They didn't want to seem like the bad organization. Just Pull the plug now, go ahead and trade him, and just throw Jordan Love in there, let him figure it out, you know, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of growing pains, obviously, but I think Jordan Love, I think that the the Packers don't really believe in Jordan Love at this point, because they would have gotten rid of Rodgers, you know, maybe they're not seeing anything in practice from him, so, you know, with Aaron Rodgers this season, Packers can win the Super Bowl, um, so... I think that's just kind of what they're hoping for, that there's this this is great last season for Aaron Rodgers with the Packers and they win the Super Bowl. And then maybe they can convince him to stay another couple of years or they trade him to Denver or wherever he may go. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I just – there's just going to be a lot of Aaron Rodgers talk, you know, with uh, on ESPN and on Fox. Like, they're just going to keep, keep opening up – picking at the scab and just, you know, rehashing these conversations and, and these feelings that, that Rodgers has about playing Green Bay. But you know what was great about Monday Night Football is, you know, since ESPN has started this, the Manning broadcast where they have Peyton and Eli, they're in their homes, they're in their living rooms, and they're just hanging out, you know, talking about football. So it's like you're at their house with them. I Man, this has been amazing and usually when i'm watching monday night football i'm kind of tuning in out you know i'm talking to my girlfriend we're eating dinner having other conversations i'm not like solely focused on the game especially because unless it's like a 49ers game on monday night i'm not um, watching every single play obviously so you're in and out of it but since this manning broadcast has started this season i only watch espn2 i don't even watch the normal broadcast for monday night football because it's you know it is better it has improved with um Who's on there? Steve Levy. I've always liked him on ESPN. And then, um, you know, uh, what's his name? Theo Riddick? Not Theo Riddick. Um, Lewis Riddick. And then Brian Greasy. You know, it's it's a lot better than it's been in the past. You know, when they had Booger and, um, you know, even when they had Gruden. 
And, you know, they just hadn't found the right team yet. And then, you know, the NBC has a better one with Collinsworth and um, Al Michaels. And then on CBS, you have Romo and Nance, which is a good matchup too. Good duo, I should say. Um, but, you know, ESPN, they've usually, or before, Monday Night Football is like the job to get if you're a broadcaster. Now it seems like Sunday Night Football, they have better matchups, you know, better relationship with the NFL, it seems like. And then ESPN was getting the worst Monday Night Football games for the last few years. I mean, I don't even want to watch Packers and Lions. Like, that that seems bad. And then, for reference, Sunday Night Football this next week, it's going to be, I think it's Packers and Packers and, uh, and 49ers. So that's a good matchup. That's a playoff matchup right there. And then Monday night, you get the Eagles and the Cowboys, which I, I'll watch that because it's a divisional game, but that's not better than the Packers and the and the 49ers. So, so yeah, ESPN has been kind of behind. You know, they haven't been able to recapture the magic of, of Monday night football. And it seems like, you know, everyone was chasing Peyton Manning, like, hey, do you want to do broadcasting? I think ESPN offered him, like, the main Monday night broadcast, they offered him $10 million or $15 million a year or something like that. You know, he wanted Romo money. But then he's like, well, you know what? I don't really want to leave my home. I kind of want to work in ownership soon. You know, he's trying to buy uh, the Broncos. And, you know, so he wasn't agreeing to something. And then he did Peyton's Places on ESPN+. Plus. So he's doing some stuff, you know. But he wasn't fully committing to one job. He seemed like he wanted to do a bunch of different things. Um, so then he and Eli finally agreed to do this ESPN two broadcast. They're both in their homes. You know, the main screen is right there, you know, where they're showing the game. And then they bring in like the two, the two, uh, boxes when it shows, uh, Peyton and Eli there, like around the horn does. And, you know, they're just talking, they're like, they're just wearing normal clothes and they're in their living rooms and watching the game, kind of making fun of each other. Peyton Manning is amazing on TV. He's so captivating and entertaining. He's he's like doing both of the play-by-play and the like the analysis of the game of like what they're doing, what the defense is doing, and you know if you're a quarterback, what are you doing? And he, the way he breaks it down is great because he'll he'll kind of simplify things for you, but then he'll go he goes into detail about certain aspects of uh, you know a, a team's offense or defense. And then if there's a if there's a play that he doesn't agree with. He gets so mad. He's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking there. You know, I don't. I don't like that decision there. I would have done this instead. And then Eli kind of agrees with him, but you can tell. You know, the uh, little brother, big brother aspect is still there. You have Peyton, the older brother, driving the conversation, talking over uh, little brother Eli, and uh, and kind of cutting him off. And Eli's kind of have to be forceful with some of the stuff he's saying. He's like, okay, yeah. And then and then and then and he keeps like repeating the same thing to try to get his point off. And then Peyton's just, you know, driving the, the whole conversation and, um, you know, he'll flip to, yeah, he does a play-by-play and then he'll break down this defense. And then he's like, all right, Eli, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? They have no cuts to, no professional cuts to commercial breaks. They keep talking and then their mics just get cut off and then they go to, um, then they go to the commercial. Uh, my, you know, they're still trying to work out the kinks of stuff, you know, um, iron out some of the, the issues with the guests that they bring on, like they brought on Gronk. You can't even hear him on on the microphone that he's using. They brought in Ray Lewis, and Ray Lewis was just so boring to listen to. I thought um, uh, they brought in Patrick Willis. I think um, I was 
I don't think I, I caught that yesterday, but uh, they brought him in. Brett Favre was in yesterday. He was supposed to be in earlier, but then there was he couldn't figure out how to use Zoom or Teams, whatever they were using. And so they brought in Gronk instead. But then when they finally brought Brett Favre, he just looked completely lost. Like he couldn't, <laughs> the way he was looking at the camera was weird. And, and I don't know, it was, it's just, uh, it's a great broadcast that they have. And then ESPN is onto something here. They need to clean up the uh, the audio, I think, from the their guests that they plan on having. Like just send, send like proper, like sound equipment or microphones to, to the guests that you plan on having so that we could hear them better. Cause they sound so bad. And then, you know, at one point, it was so funny. I, I just, I, like, I'm watching this, like, the whole broadcast, basically, with my girlfriend. We're just, like, cracking up at what what Peyton and Eli are talking about. And then whenever they bring in a guest, it's so funny because it's so awkward and kind of choppy sometimes. When, Because um, there's obviously a delay with, with Brett Favre's microphone because he's talking. And then Peyton Manning's trying to talk over him. He's like, oh, okay, no, go ahead. And then you hear Brett Favre say, oh, go ahead, like, at the same time. And then they both start talking again at the same time. And then they both stop talking at the same time. It's like, oh, no, sorry, I got, I talked over you. I spoke over you. And they keep, like, interrupting each other when they're, like, trying to let the other one talk. It's just hilarious. And, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. And it makes me watch the games longer and watch more of the games than before with, like, the regular broadcast. Um, so I think it'll improve and get a lot better as, uh, as this progresses. But I think I'd want to watch something like that with, like, the NBA or – you know, baseball does this, but it's terrible. They do it on the MLB network. They kind of shorten the entire screen, and they bring in four screens on the bottom, and they have uh, their four different panelists there. And it's it's awful because you're basically just, like, watching them have their conversation. There's no focus on the game at all. They're talking about other stuff, not even really about the game or, like, what the players are doing in a certain situation. But with Peyton and Eli, they're, like, sitting there in their homes watching the game and, you know, breaking, breaking down uh, plays and stuff. But... I want them to be at the same house. They need to film it in the basement of their parents' house. And then we could get Archie coming down, join the broadcast. He could bring in Arch Manning, the little Manning, who's like supposed to be a top-rated quarterback. And, you know, just make it a family affair. I want them in, in the same room together and, and really uh, really build on that chemistry. But uh, ESPN has something here, and, and they're very fortunate to have that because every week I think people are going to be talking about the Manning broadcast. And, um, yeah, I think that's going to stick around. They're going to have to pay. I think they're just, like, kind of testing it out this year to see what the reception is, see if uh, they like it. And, you know, I know the, the viewerships, the viewers seem to like it a lot. Um, but it all depends on, on Peyton and, and Eli if they want to continue to do that or not. But I think, uh, yeah, ESPN is on to something here. And whoever, whoever had this idea in the boardroom said, hey, why don't we do, you know, have Peyton and Eli – do this broadcast from like their homes and it's like you're just you're watching the game with them at their house that person needs a raise because it, it's just a, a fantastic idea and very entertaining i think that there's enough of the game for me to watch the game but you're kind of you're in and out you're like watching the game listening to what they're saying but it's just like full-on entertainment and and Peyton, he's really good with the camera and knows knows what works and knows what doesn't so switching gears here, uh, the the Thursday game on the 16th was between the Giants and, and Washington football team. Uh, Tyler Heineke, or is it Taylor Heineke? I think it's Taylor Heineke. People always call him Tyler because it's easier to say, I guess. Uh, led the, the Washington football team to victory. Uh, my biggest takeaway from this game, though, was Saquon Barkley. 
Uh, he only rushed for 57 yards. He One of those big rushes was for like 41 yards or something. Um, your quarterback, you know, Daniel Jones, shouldn't be out rushing, you know, uh, Saquon Barkley, who was one of the best running backs in the NFL when, like, prior to his injury. He's only in, what is it, third year, fourth year in the league. Um, he doesn't look like he fully trusts his knee yet. Like he's still just like maybe not a hundred percent healthy. Um, he's still working through that obviously. So, uh, if you drafted him in fantasy, I'd honestly give it a couple weeks. And if he doesn't show some serious growth in four weeks, in a couple weeks, two, three weeks where he rushes over hundred yards or, you know, does something significant on the football field, I try to trade him while his stock is somewhat higher. Cause if he just, if it's like week eight and he's still struggling, then you, you can't get anything for him. Um, I don't know. I, I think they still made the right choice as far as drafting him that high when they did instead of getting Sam Darnold. Uh, but that's something to keep an eye on. And then also Daniel Jones. You know, a lot of um, analysts and stuff are saying that Daniel Jones, this might be his last year if, you know, the Giants win seven games or eight games and miss the playoffs. That might be it for him. They might move in another direction again, you know. And, you know, their receiving core is good, you know, with Shepard and Slayton and, and Galladay, um, you know. But I don't know. There's something missing. There's something off with this team. I don't know if it's defensively or what. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones shows some bright spots. I don't, I just don't, I don't know if he's a problem, but I don't know if he's a solution either. Um, but I don't think that they should bail on him that fast, um, you know, with the uh, – and then with Saquon not 100% healthy, and then they're, they're off to another 0-2 start. Um, you know, it's a good game for, for the Washington football team. Um, you know, without Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's going to miss like eight weeks, and they're going to just roll with Heineke until until it comes back. Um, RG3 has already submitted his request to be signed by the Washington football team. Uh, he's currently working for ESPN right now. Um, and then let's see what else. Uh, Eagles and, and 49ers. That was a good game. Good, uh, tough defensive win by the 49ers. Beat the Eagles 17-11. So the 49ers moved to 2-0, and and they play the Packers on Sunday night football. I like the 49ers in that matchup uh, solely because they Shanahan has had uh, the Packers number for the last few years. Um, they can score a lot against the Packers. And, um, yeah, I expect the 49ers to win. That's their home opener playing in Santa Clara. Um, I th- expect the 49ers to start 3-0 and this season, so look out for that. Uh, Bears and Bengals, that was just a boring game. Bears won 2017. Joe Burrow started off with, what, three interceptions and then came back with two touchdowns. Uh, brought them close, but then lost. Uh, Texans and Browns. Browns won by 10 points. Uh, the Texans quarterback, Terod Taylor, is out for a few weeks, it seems like, and uh, there was a rumor that uh, they're going to play Deshaun Watson on Thursday Night Football when they play the Panthers, I think they do, off the top of my head. Uh, but that was uh, that rumor was squashed. So they're going to start Davis Mills, who is from Stanford, and I don't think they're going to sign anyone else. You know, Terod Taylor kept him in games. He can, he can win you a few games. I don't know what, what's going to happen with Davis Mills. So they're going to be pretty bad with him, I expect. Um, and then Rams and Colts, uh, Carson Wentz is injured again. He injured both ankles against the Rams. They kept it close, honestly. You know, with 
you know, I think the Rams are going to have the best offense this year. Um, they're going to have one of the best records in the NFL. I'm telling you, I think I said this last episode, Cooper Cup is going to have 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns, 120 receptions. He's just going to have an amazing year. Him and Stafford already have a really good connection. Uh, he had 163 yards, nine receptions, and two touchdowns. So um, Stafford hasn't really gotten uh, Robert Woods involved that much or um, – Deshaun Jackson hasn't done anything. Uh, but, yeah, for, for the Colts, you know, now they're 0-2. You know, I think out of all the 0-2 teams, they still have a chance to make the playoffs. But if Carson Wentz, with him injured, you know, injuring both ankles, if he misses four weeks, five weeks right now, like, they're going to be – they'll be 0-7 if he misses five weeks. Like, they would lose every game, I believe, because is it Jacob Eason is a backup quarterback? Um, yeah, there's, uh, there's trouble in, uh, in Indianapolis. Um, you know, they only lost by three points, but you know, I think, um, yeah, you just, you can't rely on Carson Wentz that much. I said it, you know, when we were doing the over-unders that, you know, if he can stay healthy for 12 games, you know, and he plays in the majority of the season, you know, they can make the playoffs. They could win that division easily, you know, cause other than that, then I think it's the Titans, uh, but yeah, so we'll we'll keep an eye on uh, Carson Wentz's injury, see how long he's out. Um, Bills and Dolphins. Bills destroyed the Dolphins, which is kind of surprising. You know, I know the Bills are a lot of people's Super Bowl pick, and you know Josh Allen uh, some MVP picks as well. Uh, but the Dolphins were a ten win team last year, you know, and they have the talent there. But man, they got shut out completely. Uh, Tua, you know, got injured. I think it was his ribs. He's out. Um, so now they have Jacoby Brissett in. You know, Jacoby Brissett is a, he's a capable quarterback. I liked him in New England. Uh, I thought Indianapolis kind of gave up on him too soon. Um, but you know, that's an okay. He's more of a bridge quarterback now, kind of a holdover until Tua gets uh, healthy again. Um, but you know, he could keep him in some games. You know, not this one obviously, but you know, it just I guess depends on how long uh, Tua is out for. Because you know, if he if he misses the majority of this season. You know, I think, you know, it's reasonable to have some, some questions about his durability. You know, he was injured in college, missed a lot, injured last year. You know, if this is a major injury for him this year, that's, I mean, that's two seasons, that's three straight seasons right there where he, he's missing games, you know, because then, then you got to think like, okay, well, if he's not going to complete a full season, you know, do we need to start looking at other options, right? So... We'll see what happens with uh, with the injury report and see how many games he misses. Um, Patriots and Jets. Uh, what's his name? Zach Wilson. He had four interceptions. He threw three interceptions in the first half. You know, if you ever want like an easy bet, you know, always bet on the Patriots to destroy a, a team starting rookie quarterback. Because Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks, he just destroys them. They throw so many interceptions against him on that defense. And, um, yeah, the New York Jets fan base started booing him. And um, Zach Wilson is struggling. Not looking good so far. I guess, you know, obviously give him some more time. They just have no offensive weapons whatsoever. Uh, this is definitely going to take a few years for them to be somewhat competitive or relevant at all. Um, I think Robert Sala is the right guy, uh, but they need uh, they need better personnel there. As for the Patriots, you know, Mac, Mac Jones is, uh, you know, under 200 yards, just 
you know, trying to keeping the game in check, managing the game as a rookie. Um, so as long as they're able to put up some points and, and win, then they're fine. Uh, Raiders and Steelers. Raiders won that game. Raiders are off to uh, an impressive start. You know, we've been here the last couple of years. Started off two and zero. I'm not going to say anything positive about um, or you know predict any playoff appearance for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I should say, I guess um, until at least November. I need to see them for a few more weeks, a couple more months, uh, because you know we've had other years where they start off six and two, and I'm like, oh man, they're gonna do it. They're gonna make. They're gonna go back to the postseason, make the playoffs, but then they, then December happens. They have a bad December, and uh, then they finish at 500. Or now they can't finish at 500, but but still, um, they look good though. They, um, I think they got lucky with that Ravens win, but you know they'll take it. And uh, Derek Carr is looking great. You know, over 350 yards passing or 380, uh, two touchdowns. You know, um, they did have – this was without um, Josh Jacobs. He was out for the game. Uh, but they they pretty much dominated the uh, the Steelers. You know, score-wise, it's not going to look like that. But uh, Big Ben, he just seems like he doesn't have it. He seems lost, can't make a play out of nothing. Uh, they, they can't really get, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster going, um, you know, Deontay Johnson was, was injured and apparently he's doing fine, but, um, I think they might've hung on to big Ben Roethlisberger too long. Um, he is, he seems like he's done. Um, but, uh, you know, they weren't a real, a legitimate 11 and 0 team last year. Um, now, you know, they're at one and one, there's a lot of teams that are one and one, um, so far, but. Um, you know, if Big Ben just kind of wastes away there in, in Pittsburgh, then, you know, they might only win seven or eight games. You know, I still think they'll win over 10, you know, just considering that the talent that they have is still there. Um, you know, TJ Watt uh, got injured, so he might be out for a few games. Uh, talked about the Panthers and the Saints. Uh, Panthers look really good. You know, they beat the Saints 26-7, uh, to but, you know, mostly because of, you know the offensive coaches for the Saints. They have they've had a, a crazy COVID issue. Uh, they had a lot of coaches out due to COVID. Jameis Winston was back to doing Jameis Winston things, uh, two interceptions, and just not in the game at all. They just got completely dominated. He threw for 111 yards. He looked like Aaron Rodgers did at that first game against uh, against the Saints. They just looked terrible. Had no running game whatsoever. Alvin Kamara only had eight carries for five yards. So, um, yeah, just a, a bad performance overall. Uh, Panthers are 2-0. and uh, So that's a surprising start. Um, I thought, you know, they'd be pretty competitive this year, not not make the playoffs, but, you know, win some, win some games, surprise some people. And um, Sam Darnold taking that next step. Uh, McCaffrey is still great. Uh, but they look good so far. I, I don't think they'll, they'll win the division or anything, but um, they look good. Uh, Broncos and Jags, 23-13. Uh, Broncos won that one. Uh, the Broncos are 2-0 and also. You know, they lost Jerry Judy. He's on the IR. He's out for uh, a couple weeks or four weeks, I think it is, at least now, with the new rules. But their passing game looks great still with Teddy Bridgewater. He's obviously the right quarterback for them right now. Um I guess Aaron Rodgers is in, in play for them in the offseason, like I said. Um, you know, this team has a good defense. They have a great receiving core. Uh, the running game is there. You know, it could be a little bit better, uh, but it's there. And, 
you know, they have the weapons in place. You know, they just need a consistent quarterback. And if Teddy Bridgewater plays like this the whole time, you know, whether he's throwing over 300 yards and, you know, not turning the ball over, they could they could make the playoffs. You know, they can't win the division. Um, you know, you have Kansas City right there. Um, as for Jacksonville, you know, they're struggling. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is, you know, he's forcing some throws. He's, he's you know, going through uh, the growing pains for sure. Two interceptions. Uh, so he has five interceptions already, uh, which is fine. I'm, I'm fine with him just, you know, testing the water, see what he can get away with, see what he can do, see what he needs to work on a little bit more. Uh, Vikings and Cardinals. I'm impressed with the Cardinals so far. They've looked amazing. Their offense has looked so electric. Um, I've talked about Kyler Murray having to take that next step, and, you know, he kind of plateaued last year. He's off to another hot start. You know, last year he was in talks for the early MVP candidate, and then he kind of fell off there. But he had 400 yards, three interceptions, had a couple picks, but, you know, he he runs also. So he had a, a rushing touchdown. Um, they have a good receiving core. You know, DeAndre Hopkins didn't even have the most yards there. It was Rondell Moore. So the Cardinals are 2-0, joining the 49ers and the Rams in the same division. Uh, Seahawks are 1-1. They lost in overtime to the Titans, 33-0. They had their chances, though. You know, one of the Julio Jones touchdowns got called back. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, you know, didn't get a touchdown. But they couldn't stop Derrick Henry. The Seahawks defense, you know, was very shaky there. Couldn't stop Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry had a crazy game. He rushed the ball for 35, to- 35 carries, 180 yards, and three touchdowns. Could not stop him whatsoever. Uh, Julio Jones had a great game for the Titans. Looked like he's uh, that was a good trade for them. Uh, Seahawks uh, couldn't get Chris Carson going. You know, had 2.4 yards per carry. A couple of touchdowns, though. So I think that's what, you know, kind of cost them the game was that the running game was was a struggle. Um, other games, let's see, uh, Cowboys beat the Chargers. Buccaneers blew out the Falcons. Matt Ryan might be like uh, Big Ben. Might just be might be toast there. He uh, Falcons just they had I don't know they have the, the they have to call it here soon because um, you know their offense should be a lot better and then now they're off to an zero and two start again. Um, so I don't know they have issues. And then for next week, uh, some good games to keep an eye on. Uh, Thursday night, don't even don't even worry about it. You don't even have to tune in. Panthers and Texans, I don't want to watch that at all. I know it said the Panthers are playing well and Christian McCaffrey is still great, but just, I don't know. That sounds terrible. Um, Sunday night, the Packers and the 49ers I mentioned. I have the 49ers win that game, but that's a, that's a playoff matchup early in the season. Uh, Washington and Bills, maybe that one might be interesting. Um, Bears and Browns, don't feel like watching that one. Ravens, Lions, nope. Uh, Patriots and Saints could be interesting. Uh, we'll see if the Saints can bounce back or, uh, if Bill Belichick can make James Winston throw four interceptions like Zach Wilson. Uh, Chiefs and Chargers, those games have been great lately because of, uh, the quarterback matchup with Herbert and uh, and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Chargers are one and one. You know, lost on a last second field goal against the Cowboys. So, you know, another crushing last second, you know, close scoring loss uh, for the Chargers. But you know, good start. Other than that, both one and one. 
Uh, good divisional matchup there. The Colts and Titans would be a great matchup if, uh, I guess we'll see if uh, Carson Wentz is playing. But if he's out, then I think the Titans are going to roll on them, um, and the Colts will be 0-3. But that's an important game for the Colts, you know, because if you beat the Titans, then you're, you're, then you're tied for the division lead there early on the season. Uh, but then if you lose, you're pretty much out of it at 0-3. No one's going to make the playoffs at 0-3. Uh, Falcons and Giants, who do not want to watch that one at all. They're uh, both 0-2. Uh, Bengals-Steelers, that one sounds rough too. Um, Cardinals-Jags, nope. Jets-Broncos, no. Dolphins-Raiders, don't want to watch that one. Rams and Bucks, there you go, that's a matchup. Uh, both 2-0, both have Super Bowl aspirations. Uh, Tom Brady versus Matthew Stafford. Uh, this isn't the same Rams team that uh, Tom Brady faced in the Super Bowl. Obviously, they're they're going to be a lot better. I think um, you know this this is a good test, a good early test for the Rams to see where they're at with Matthew Stafford. Uh, Buccaneers, they're ready. They're ready to go. They're ready to go back to another Super Bowl. No, ready to win another ten straight games or so. Um, they're just locked in. They're you know they got through all the growing pains that they had last year and. Uh, they're they're in sync. They're all on the same page. Um, the Rams seem like that too, but they did struggle a little bit against uh, against Indianapolis. So um, that's an exciting game. That should be the Monday night game, or you know we already have a good, uh, Sunday night game. That's the afternoon game at one twenty five. Uh, Seahawks and Vikings. Uh, Vikings are at zero two. Don't think I want to watch that. And then you have Monday night football: Eagles and Cowboys. I'll watch that. You know, watch the Manny broadcast. So there's like four, maybe five games that I want to watch in this this next week. Um, yeah, not not a lot of good matchups. Some of them are just snooze fest. Anything with the Texans or the Jaguars or the Jets, I just I don't want to watch that at all. A quick Ben Simmons note: He says he doesn't want to play for the Philadelphia Sixers at all this season. Doesn't want to play another game. So he plans to not report to camp at all. Um, not a lot of trade options, I don't think, or that I've heard of. The only ones that I've seen are, you know, Portland for, um, Dame. They want Damon Lillard from Portland basically for Ben Simmons straight up. I think the more realistic trade is CJ McCollum, but if I'm Portland, I don't do that because I, I need more timely scoring. I don't need to take away from what I have right now offensively. I realize there's some defensive, uh, issues there with Portland, but, you know, when it's the fourth quarter, they seem to rely too much on um, on Dame, and and you need CJ to step it up a little bit more and hit hit more shots. Um, so I think that avenue is kind of closed there, unless they take uh, CJ. But I don't think Portland's trading CJ. There was a rumor about Minnesota, um, and then he wants to go to the California team, so Golden State, LA, and then uh, the Clippers, Lakers, and Clippers. Um, they should just trade him Sacramento. Like, oh, you said California team. Here's here's the Sacramento. Um, but I don't think he goes to the Warriors because they seem to be worried about having two guys in their starting lineup in Draymond Green and Ben Simmons not wanting to shoot the ball or not being good at shooting the ball. Um, but even though you have two of the best shooters, you know, you have Clay and Steph there, you're still going to have two black holes offensively on that team. Uh, but then you have two two stars, two superstars, basically, on, on defense. So I don't know. It, it could work, but 
I think that's the only team in California that can make something happen unless it is Sacramento. LA, they're kind of, or the Lakers are kind of strapped for uh, for salary cap there. Clippers, I, I would love to see him with the Clippers, honestly, with him and Paul George. And then when Kawhi comes back, you'd have three elite uh, wing defenders there. Um, you know, even if a couple of them have fallen off a little bit in the last couple of years, but man, that'd be great to see. I, I think that'd be the best fit for him, honestly. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll keep it on that. The, the trade should be happening soon there. Um, MLB playoff race is, uh, heating up for sure. Um, we have a couple weeks left in the MLB season. It ends the first week of October. The Giants are still in first place at 97-53 in the National League West. Uh, the Brewers have the second uh, seed there at 91-59. They're, they're going to be a tough out in the postseason. And the Dodgers are still hanging on to that first wild card spot at 96-54. and They're 15 and a half games above uh, the Cardinals for, for the first spot. Uh, the Cardinals are hot, though. They're the hottest team in baseball right now. Uh, winners of nine straight, nine and one in the last ten games. They're at eighty and sixty-nine. Uh, there are three games above the Reds uh, for this for that second wild card spot. Uh, the Reds have, are four and six in the last ten. Padres are they are uh, going downhill fast, spiraling out of control. Uh, Tatis is arguing with uh, Machado in the locker in the locker room, the dugout. They're having a heated argument against, uh, I forgot who they were playing, but you know they were in an open shouting match with each other. There's obviously some locker room issues, some internal issues, uh, some things that Machado yelled made it seem like uh, some of the players don't like uh, Tatis's antics and feel like you know it's all about him. He's kind of a selfish player, a little young, immature at times, it seems. You know, he should listen to Machado. Machado's trying to be a leader and trying to you know guide him on the right path because he had the same issues he had you know he was immature at times in baltimore and you know they traded to la and then now he's with the padres and you know so he knows from experience you know he was a he was a superstar at one point or a star as they consider him he's still a star but you know he's not as bright as as uh, tatis is so i think uh there is something there. You know, I think a lot of the players do feel like it's all about Tatis and, you know, no one else gets talked about or, you know, there's some chemistry issues for sure because they have all the talent in the world. You know, they should be, you know, they were supposed to be there winning the division, either them or the Dodgers. And, you know, they've, they have fallen hard. You know, they, they're two and eight in their last 10 games. You know, since that blow up, you know, they've lost three straight, you know, they're 76 and 73, you know, they start another series against the Giants today, and then they have another one um, after the Giants play the Rockies. So they have a chance to to get back in it, but it doesn't look good since you play the first-place team six more times, I believe, seven more times. Um, so, you know, there, there's going to be some big changes there uh, in San Diego. Um, and, you know, it shows, you know, you need chemistry. You know, the Dodgers, you know, say what you want about all these, these players that they're paying for. They have chemistry. You know, those guys seem to like each other. And, you know, there's a reason they won last year and this year they have 96 wins, you know, which is crazy. That's such a such a good record, the second best record, you know, since uh, the Giants are at 97-53. But, you know, it's either the Giants or the, or the Dodgers this year, it seems like, uh, you know, even though the Cardinals are red hot. And if I'm the the Dodgers or the Giants, I don't want that wild card game. I don't want you know to have a great 
you know, they're both going to win over 100 games, but I don't want to have a great season where we have over 100 wins and then we had to play a one-game wild card against the Cardinals, who are so hot right now. And then what if, you you know, one game, anything can happen. What if you have a, a really bad outing from your pitcher and you just he gets he gets lit up and you have a bad game and you lose. And that's it. You win 103 games and for what? You're out in the first game. So I think the division is um, is definitely going to go down to the last couple games, and you know that's what the Dodgers and the Giants are shooting for. Um, but the wild card, it seems like it's going to be either the second spot, the Cardinals or the Reds. Uh, depends who's the hottest right now, and right now it's the Cardinals. See if they can keep it up for the next couple weeks. Um, and then in the AL, uh, the Rays not getting a lot of talk. Um, this whole season, no one has really talked about the Rays that much, uh, but they have the best record at 93 and 58. Um, they're holding on to that spot. Uh, Astros are still there in second at 89 and 61. We got the White Sox still there. Uh, the first wild card spot is uh, belongs to the Red Sox. You know, they had that great start early in the season, kind of fell off, and seemed to be on the right path again. Uh, winners of seven out of their last 10. Uh, they're up a uh, game and a half on the Blue Jays. Blue Jays, uh, they've, they've been hot lately. Um, you know, they lost their last game, but 7-3 to three, the last 10 games. And they're at 84-66. And, you know, they have a half-game lead on the Yankees. And I remember I talked about the Yankees when they were the hottest team. They had they won like 11 straight games. Well, they, they've been struggling as of late. And uh, they're a half-game out for the wild card. Um, so they're 84 and 67 and after that you have the A's two games back from that second spot the Mariners are still there three games back so that one's that one's still a competitive race you have three teams who can who can jump in and out for that second spot even that first spot because that first spot lead is only a game and a half up um, and then in the um, in the National League you have pretty much the Cardinals and the Reds but the Reds are like three games back and then I guess you could keep the Padres in there if they get hot, but they seem to have some serious issues that that will only get addressed with like a trade or, or something. They they seem like they're gonna blow it up. You know, they they put a lot of a lot of time and you know, a lot of money in building that roster. So um, I think some changes are coming uh, this off season. So I want to switch gears here, talk about the Emmys uh, nominations and winners that just happened uh, earlier this week. Uh, so. Ted Lasso won a lot of awards for this. Uh, they won an Outstanding Comedy Series. And then we have Outstanding Drama Series. The Crown won that one. Um, let's see. And then Lead Actress in a Limited Series was uh, Kate Winslet, Mayor of Easttown. And, you know, that's what I said because I, I didn't need to watch anything else. She was just amazing in that role. And if you haven't watched it, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, you need to watch it. She was just fantastic in that. Uh, best supporting actress or supporting actress for a comedy series was Hannah Waddingham from uh, Ted Lasso, and then what else? We have lead actor in a drama series, Josh O'Connor from The Crown. People really love The Crown. I haven't. I do not. I'm not interested in watching it, but it's it's winning some awards. And then because Olivia Coleman won lead actress in The Crown for a drama series. And then lead actor for comedy series, Jason Sudeikis won. And then supporting actor for drama series, The Crown won again. And then supporting actor in a limited or anthology series, Evan Peters in Mayor of Easttown. Wow, that's a, that was surprising. I didn't expect him to win, but he was really good in it. Um, 
Very good. And then limited anthology series, Queen's Gambit won that one. Oh, that one beat out uh, some of the good shows. And the lead actor in a limited series, uh, Ewan McGregor. Lead actress in a comedy series. This was my other prediction that I got right. Uh, Jean Smart and Hacks. Amazing show. She was also in Mayor of Easttown on, uh, at the same time. And those were very different characters, so I found that interesting. But most of the awards went to The Crown and Ted Lasso. Uh, Mayor of Easttown won, I think, three or four, and then uh, Hacks got one. Uh, but yeah, uh, some good shows there that you guys should check out. Uh, but that's it for this week's podcast. Thanks for listening. You know, as always, share the podcast to people you may think might be interested in in talking about sports or or some uh some pop culture stuff in in movies and tv shows uh so yeah we'll talk next week uh check in you know with uh mlb playoff race again and um, some other storylines that arise so thanks